Welcome, foolish mortals. I am your host, your ghost host. <laughs> When hinges creak in doorless chambers and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls, that is the time when ghosts are present, practicing their terror with ghoulish delight, which offers you this chilling challenge to find a way out. <laughs> Hey there, witches and warlocks. I'm Tom of the Absolution Network, and this is Hexcast, the only podcast on the internet reviewing every issue of Jim Balin's Tarot, Witch of the Black Rose comic, and this is Hexcast New Beginnings. Now, what is Hexcast New Beginnings, you say? Well, it's not a reboot, it's not a restart, I'm not starting the podcast over and going all the way back to issue one. No, this is more of an informative celebration, introduction, as I proudly bring the HexCast podcast to the Absolution Network, which is something I've been wanting to do for a while, but uh, as with my Tokyo SOS podcast that I do, it was more of me just sitting down, getting on a mic, and doing something to officially announce and launch it, which is what we're doing today. So, once again, let me inform you that this is part of the Hexcast podcast. Hexcast is the only podcast on the internet reviewing every issue of Jim Balin's Tarot, Witch of the Black Rose comic. Now, for those who've never heard about Tarot before, uh, Tarot, Witch of the Black Rose, is a comic book started by Jim Balin who was a really big-name uh, artist in the 90s, uh, particularly for DC. He's well-known for his run that... Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I want to say it went uh, at least 60 issues, not more, uh, on the 1990s Catwoman series. Uh, in fact, uh, the start of it, he did it with Chuck Dixon. And I actually have a lot of those issues, and there, I feel it's a very good run. But he's been known for his drawing style in which he gives women very large breasts. So he's known as part of that bad girl, 90s bad girl style, which, unfortunately, I personally believe is 
can be a detriment to really how well of an artist he is. But that's something we can talk about later. The point here is, after working for DC and other comic book companies, he, along with his wife Holly Golightly, decided to start up Broadsword Comics, where they were going to do their own comics, and they were going to you know, be their own bosses and everything and do it their way. And the first comic that they created, that was created by Jim to complement his style and his storytelling, or at least the storytelling he wanted to do, was Tarot, Witch of the Black Rose, back in 1999. Um, it could be 2000. I do believe it was 1999. I may be off the top of my head confusing it with Ultimate Spider-Man, which is another one of my favorites, but I, I do believe it was 1999, but I'm sure somebody will correct me. I'm actually doing this completely off-cuff uh, with no notes. See, there, there's no notes here. That's just a piece of paper. The only thing I have in my hand, actually, which is important for this episode, is uh, I have the Jim Balance Tarot Witch of the Black Rose Guide to the Comics, which actually doesn't give a starting date for the comic. Uh, well, unless you look at the, uh, the copyright, which actually does say 1999. So... That was a long train wreck that went somewhere for nothing. The, but the point is, since 1999, Jim and Holly have been producing the Tarot Witch of the Black Rose comic bi-monthly. And to date, uh, this is we are in March, and at the end of the March, they will be releasing issue 97. And they will have three more issues to go till they reach issue 100. Which, for a small, private comic book company is massive to reach 100 issues. Um, Tarot is constantly in the top 500 comics, which actually I believe it's in the top 300, excuse me, which, again, for a small comic book company where the only comic it creates is Tarot, that's a huge thing. To I believe it regularly pulls in at least 50,000, somewhere between 30 to 50,000, um, issues, and that's just on, you know, off the, sorry, I guess the pre-ordering to comic book stores, you know, that is massive for a small comic book company. It, without a doubt, it's not a lie, but the truth is there and say that Jim Balance, Tarot, Witch of the Black Rose is a very successful comic, in particular for a small-time comic book company. Um, and has gathered many fans, of many of which are women. You know, a lot of people would sit there and say, well, Jim Balin has this fan service style uh, with big boobs, so most of his fans have to be men. But it's actually quite the opposite. Most of his fans are actually female. Um, a lot of them were also fans of his Catwoman work. You know, it's this very unique thing, that very telling about... The reality we're told that exists, and the actual reality that exists. Um, in particular, in today's world of the SJWs, the whatever brand of feminism and uh, social justice and civil rights that certain people want to ascend to uh, that talks about the patriarchy and talks about things like tarot being objectifying women. Um, the fact that there are 
a lot of women that this speaks to is very telling. And we'll get more into that. Uh, because like I said, uh, in a little bit, we will be going over this guide to the comics. Before I get into that, though, I once again want to explain why I'm a fan of Jim Balance, Tara Wizard of Brack Rose. Um, I actually didn't start out in 1999. Uh, I didn't start collecting comic books actually till around 2007. Um, I had always seen other people with them. You know, I didn't have a lot of money growing up as a kid or anything, so I didn't collect DC or Marvel like other friends did. I never got to go to a comic book store. In fact, I never went to a comic book store until around 2007. I finally got courage. Only around that time that I was had some type of, you know, ability to go places using public transportation. Uh, being a person with a disability meant that I was very reliant on my family and everything. And of course, they didn't have a lot of time. And also, it was one of those things to where, well, I I don't want to say my family's conservative because they're not. They're very supportive of what I am a fan of, but it wasn't one of those things to where you only have a little bit of money. I'm not taking you to the comic shop to waste your money on comic books. You should save it for clothing because, you know, we're Jewish. Uh, and we have to have those closets full of clothes that we don't wear. Uh, anyways, the point I'm making is uh, I actually first discovered Jim Allen's Tara Witson Black Rose on the internet. Uh, back in the, the, I guess, put it out sort of now the early days of the interwebs, not the early early days, but the early days of it being popular. I'm talking about mid two thousands, where you know people talk about it being this open sort of wild west. Now it was really the wild west back then, and I actually didn't know that it was a comic book, like an actual physical comic book. Um, decided that I got. From uh, had basically what are Tijuana comics, these Tijuana sex comics, and they had placed tarot in there with them, like scans and stuff like that, in there, and I thought it was just one another one of those. Of course, when I would open the file up and actually read the scans, uh, to my surprise, they were very different, and actually, it's what intrigued me about the comic book. It wasn't until... Um, it's actually one of the things that ultimately got me to go into uh, comic book stores. Uh, now, I had gone to a comic book store, I think, a couple months before, and I had picked up, really was my first comics I ever bought, which was uh, Civil War number 1, and it was the cover of Captain America on a jet, and he's, like, driving his shield into the cockpit. And the other one was, um, because I think this was, like, in January when it happened. It, mind you, this is in Florida, so... It, you couldn't tell what month it is, um, but uh, it was the Vampirella Halloween special from 2006, I believe, which featured uh, artist uh, Amanda Connor and Jimmy Paramari there, among others. Uh, I want to say the artwork was uh, J. Scott Campbell. But anyway, so a couple months later, I'm at uh, a time I was going to a local tech school that I was put in as free education because of my disability, trying to learn, you know, being a web designer, which, you know, 
all of us who went to learn web design, that turned out so well for us. Uh, but there was a friend in there who lived further down south of the county. Like, there's this great anime store. And, of course, me being the anime. And so one day I went with her and we ended up going to the shop. And it was a shop. Uh, it had a collection. It had a big TV. It had a couch where people could, like, I guess rent and watch. And, of course, I, I also noticed some of the anime were you know, rip-off DVDs, but, you know, that's the type of stuff that unfortunately happens in small-time stores. But, to my surprise, it also had a comic book rack. Um, now, behind the counter, I actually had a v black and white Vampirella cover, which I liked so much I ended up buying. But also on the rack was, what I noticed was, issues uh, 40... What's it for? No, it was 41 and 42 of Terror Witch of the Black Rose. And it was at that point that I realized it's an actual comic. I immediately bought it, and I can't remember if it was that. As I was going home from there, I passed the comic book store that I would end up going to or another day, but there was a, um, in Pinellas County, Florida, which is where I was living at the time, uh, that's the county that has St. Pete, Clearwater, Largo. It's that peninsula that's right across the bay from Tampa. Uh... In Seminole, there was a... It, actually, they had locations in Seminole, which is the city I was living in, but also in Clearwater. Uh, but it's called Emerald City Comics. And uh, the store in Seminole is a much bigger store. And it, I walked in, and of course, it's this big room with these rows of long boxes and just m mountains of bat comics. Like, there's the top, and then there's... Boxes on the bottom, and it's like got tons and tons and tons of back issues from the 60s to the 90s, and, and vice versa. And if I was so minded like I was today and had the money, I'd be going there every weekend, and I'd probably have a 1980s and 1990s collection of Detective and Batman and Superman, and you know, vice versa. But, anyways, so. I went there and I ended up starting a box and one of the comics I asked if they could get and they did was Tarot. And pretty much since then I've been getting Tarot Witch of the Black Rose uh, both through a comic book box which actually I don't have at the moment. I had to close for the first time ever. Uh, well, not the first time ever, but outside of me moving this is the first time like I've actually had to close it for actual reasons is I'm in a transitional phase. I'm looking to actually bring it back up, but the I still buy it, the comic straight from uh, Jim and Holly. Uh, and also going to comic book sto uh, shows and stuff and looking for back issues. I've actually, I think personally, outside of not using eBay, uh, I've done a pretty good job of Establishing a huge uh, of those pre, you know, issues forty and below of Tarot. Um. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of Tarot in that sense, and and I've just been consumed with the comic. I love the comic. I love the characters, and I I've bought I've spent money on Kickstarters, um, and probably some of that has to do with guilt of. Having those scans all the way back. But at the same point in time. It's not so much guilt as it is. I just love supporting Jim and Holly. 
in this comic book because the comic book is wonderful. And more importantly, the way Jim and Holly treat their fans, I think it's a shining example about how everybody in the comic book industry should act as far as professionals to the fans. Of course, you're going to have the horrible fans, but, you know, Jim and Holly do a great job of ignoring them, and, you know, you have the freedom to think of whatever you want of the comic. And I wish more comic book companies, especially the big two, would act that way towards the fans of, like, you know, you have the right to say it, you know, we know where we're going, we hope you'll enjoy the ride. Um, as far as what uh, what's in the comic that I like, I think... Obviously, you can tell that I'm a guy. <laughs> and so the first thought that is particular many of my friends have is that I just like boobies. And they wouldn't be wrong. I do like boobies. I just like boobies for many reasons. I mean, I am a guy. I do like a beautiful female figure. But I think one of the things that gets ignored, especially in today's culture where there's the shouts of patriarchy and... You know, object the whole idea that I'm objectifying women by saying that is why do I like their beauty? I, I think beauty can be used as a symbol of freedom, as a symbol of strength. And more importantly, in going with this comic, um, Tara Witch the Black Rose, is the fact that they talk about stories. Uh, that the, uh, that have a lot of metatextual uh, context to racial, to gender issues, to racial issues, uh, to issues that I can connect with. You know, people look at me and they see a large white male, and they think, "How does that person ever know any discrimination in his life?" And they wouldn't know that back in 1996, when I was just a young lad. You know, my temp being Jewish, our synagogue was desecrated by neo-Nazis who spray-painted our Holocaust memorial and our new, in the walls of our newly built preschool with Nazi paraphernalia and, you know, words like, go home, dirty Jews. You know, I've had a bully who, when they found out I was Jewish, made a, in woodblocking class... The word Hitler with the Nazi, uh, with the swastika in the middle of the word, and gave it to me as a Hanukkah present. You know, everybody knows discrimination in some form. And I think the thing that Tarot does so well is on a metatextual level connects you to those feelings, which allows you to feel a connection to Tarot and to the other characters and to cheer for them. Uh, whether it be Tarot. And her very common sense approach uh, to things that I personally connect with. Um, whether it be John and sort of his fun attitude and just sort of almost, not ditziness, but sort of like I connect like John coming off as that every man, like just like J John in the comic book is somebody who's searching just to be a good person. And just follows his emotions. And like I can connect with that in that level. Sort of that darkness of Raven. Uh, that sort of mirrors our own sort of anger and darkness that we can feel. And so we can connect with her on that level. There's many ways we connect with the characters. With the things they do. The actions they take. 
while at the same time the comic is used sometimes for funny stories. Some of them work. Some more infinite, uh, infamous ones haven't. Uh, one which I haven't gotten to yet. I know a lot of people who know me are probably waiting for me to ever get to that one. Uh, and But more importantly, there are some more serious stories that tackle issues um, that do hit close to home. Ideas of death, ideas of importance about the way things or what it means to be a witch, for example. Which is another reason why I love this book. Is like I feel like I've learned so much about which in Wiccan culture because of this book. And I don't just mean by reading the comic book. I mean, this comic book has influenced me to want to go out and read books about Wiccan and witch culture. I've gotten to meet people who consider themselves witch, uh, witches and Wiccan. And I think the religion is fascinating. You know, me personally, if I talk about my own religious beliefs... Which I know just don't ever talk about your religious beliefs in public. I'm a George Carlin guy, so I don't care. But but for me, oh, I still consider myself Jewish. I personally uh, am influenced by other religions. And on my own personal daily belief, I look for ways to infuse, you know, my, you know, my Judaism, my tradition, as I put it, with other sort of religious beliefs to see what we have in common and sort of that connection. Um, so I definitely connect with it on that level and it's because it's inspired me to go out and learn more about witch culture, about Wiccan culture, um, which there really isn't a comic book that talks about witch culture. I think that's another thing people don't understand about this book is that you know, it's really faithful to those cultures. There are people who say it isn't, but considering the people that have been on the back, you know, for those who never read tarot, uh, after the story, they'll sometimes have interviews with actual witches and Wiccans. Uh, like, I can't remember them, but I don't want to butcher their name, but I do know that a lot of the people that they've actually brought in are actual well-respected witches and Wiccans of the culture. I've several of my friends who are witches and of Wiccan culture have told me so and I, I trust in them when they say that. So uh so I do feel like the book is very faithful because it does take influence and take um what's the word that I'm looking for? It it uh <laughs> I'm now blanking on the word, and I apologize, folks. But it takes influence, and obviously, there is a sense of actual learning and knowledge of witch and Wiccan culture within the book. Um, and, you know, this book is a book that, you know, as far as women issues are concerned, which, again, we're going to read this in just a moment, and, and it brings it up too, but... It brings up women issues again in that metatextual way that everybody can understand. Um, so those are the reasons why I love Terror Witch of the Black Rose. Uh, many more. You know, at the end of the day, the most important thing is it is a fun book to read. I always have fun reading it, whether it be a funny story, whether it be a serious story. 
Um, you know, in, in one of the more recent issues, something happened uh, that ultimately I believe is going to culminate at issue 100 that, you know, we've been waiting years to happen pretty much since issue one. And it's going to be great to see that happen. Again, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's... I mean, if you're reading Tarot, which is more than likely the fact, you know what's coming. But if you've never read Tarot, uh, I want to sort of keep it a surprise for you. Because I definitely suggest, you know, especially when you have comicology and the digital comics out there and you can maybe rent or, or just buy an issue or two and just check it out and see if you like it. Again... The thing about tarot that I love is that it openly admits that it's not a comic for everybody. And it's not. It's for mature readers. And here's the thing. When we say mature, we're not talking about adult. We're talking about people who have some sense of maturity that they can handle nudity and sexual imagery. Um, and, and for that matter, sort of non-Christian imagery. Because that's another another thing that could, you know, you look at uh, certain groups of people in this country who think that everything should be of Christian ideology. That's another thing uh, that this book goes against. And yeah, there's imagery of devils and demons and everything. And so, and of violence, heads being cut off. It's not a comic for everybody, but if you can handle that, and if you're willing to be open to new ideas and have a bit of, and I would say have a bit of common sense, I think personally you would enjoy tarot. So, again, for those who've never heard of tarot, uh, let's go over what we're sort of reviewing today or what we're going over. This is what I'm reading from, again, is... The Jim Balance Tarot Witch of the Black Rose Guide to the Comics. Uh, we start off at the top, where it says, Tarot Witch of the Black Rose is a story of a voluptuous redhead witch who is sword maiden to the goddess and has vowed to keep the balance between man and magic. Armed with an enchanted sword and armor, she battles for harmony against the forces of prejudice and the fate of mankind lies in the hands of one witch. So you better believe in magic. Uh, next is a picture of her house. It says, Tara lives with her mother and sister in their family mansion called the Black Rose Manor in modern-day Salem, Massachusetts. The mansion's location is cloaked with a spell that prevents outsiders from seeing it. The next part is about the world of tarot. Uh, there are two realms, the mortal realm of mankind and the realm beyond the mist, also known as the fairy realm. All the creatures from legend, elves, goblins, pixies, mermaids, dragons, and so on, are real and at one time walked the mortal realm with man. As mankind flourished, he forced all the creatures of myth out of the mortal realm and into the realm beyond the mist. Angered by this, the creatures of myth vow someday to take back the world of man and keep it for themselves. Tarot has, been, has vowed to maintain the fragile balance between the two realms and to bring harmony between both worlds. Uh, 
the next part of this. And by the way, this is not so much of a book or magazine. It's like a little pamphlet. This actually came with a Kickstarter. I'm trying to remember which Kickstarter it came with. I want to say it, this came with the uh, issue 90 Kickstarter that was a crossover between Tarot and Holly's uh, little uh, School Bites manga-style comic that she does. Um, but So it then goes into characters. We start with Tara. Birth name, Rowan. Uh, she goes by her chosen witch name, Tara. She represents balance, harmony, and tolerance. She is the second born of two sisters. Tara follows the path of harmony and balance when it comes to magic. She believes in the threefold law. What you put out will come back to you three times over. At an early age, her father was killed due to a backlash of energy from a spell he was casting in anger. This only strengthened her belief in the balance of magic. As Tara grew up, she had to face all the trials and tribulations that a young, beautiful, full-figured girl had to face in her life. The whistles, the rude comments from strangers about her large breast size, and appearance was a constant torment. To this day, Tara battles the same disrespectful catcalls from the outside world that many women face today. Her mother taught both her, da both her daughters to never feel ashamed of their bodies or their sexuality, for it was a gift from the goddess. In addition to the jeering, Tara has to endure the added insults and lies from the ignorant townspeople because she is a witch. Comments like devil worshiper, baby killer, and burn witch are yelled at her from the streets. Tara has a familiar, a bat-winged black goblin cat named Puka. And everybody loves Puka. Uh, after accepting the responsibility of being the sword mating to the goddess and passing the trials of the sword, Tara donned her enchanted armor to fight the forces of prejudice and dark magic. Tara has many lovers in her life, but only two true loves. The first is a female shape-shifting werecat named Bukat, and the second is a young man named John Webb, a cemetery worker that can communicate and see the dead. The next character that they talk about is Raven Hex, uh, whose birth name is just Raven. She goes by her chosen witch name, Raven Hex. She represents anger, grudge, grudges, vengeance, and all of the dark emotions in everyone. Raven Hex is the firstborn. She follows a darker path in magic, a shadow path. Raven is more brooding and angry. She has suffered the same rude comments from the town people all her life, and it has hardened her. Raven was, a very, was very close to her father as a little girl. He was the first one to teach her magic. He was the first one she would run to for praise and protection. When her father died while protecting his family from the mob of town people outside their mansion, Raven Hex went into a dark, deep place in her core. Hardened from the tragedy, she delved deeper into the magic dark arts. She even altered her appearance to reflect the darkness within inside her. Her flesh took a on a shade of moonlight and a skeletal tattoo serpentined down the front of her body. 
Ravenhex blamed mankind and his ignorance about witches for the death of her father. She prepares the company. She prefer, uh, excuse me. She prefers the company of magical beings such as witches, elves, wizards, and other members of the craft than that of everyday people. Though Ravenhex and Taro differ in their philosophy of the craft, aka magic, which sometimes causes them to get into a heated confrontation even though they still love each other and respect one another. Um, the next character I talk about is her mother. Uh, just known as Mother, no other name has been given in the book because she represents everyone's mother. She also represents wisdom, nurturing, and healing. Taro and Raven's mother raised her children openly as witches, although it would have been easier on her daughters if she kept their beliefs a secret. She believes that it's important to teach her daughters to be proud of who they are and that being different was not a bad thing. Uniqueness is something to be valued. She is easygoing and has a good sense of humor and believes in harmony for all. Taro takes after her mother while Ravenhex takes after her father, who would more likely give in to his anger and dark side. The mother is the head of the Black Rose Coven, a pentacle inside a rose is a birthmark all female Black Rose Coven members have. Moving on to the next set of characters. The Skeleton Man, Guardian of the Graveyard. Real name is John Webb. He represents the everyday man, so readers will identify with him. If things go wrong, he is in the middle of it. He is the comic relief of the book at times. His personality is a cross between Spider-Man and Batman. John is the sole caretaker of a forgotten cemetery. Before he met Taro, he was in a car accident with his girlfriend Brandy and his German Shepherd dog named Wrath. Brandy and the dog died in the accident and John was laid in a coma for weeks. Upon awakening, he was able to see and communicate with the dead. Spirits find it easier to be Come visible when John is around. Brandy is buried in the cemetery that John works at. Her ghost visit him visits him. Give me from time to time, and she's called herself Cryptic. Feeling guilty about her death, John swore to keep her remains and all those buried in the cemetery safe and undisturbed. John's dog, Wrath, who's turned into a skeletal ghost dog after the accident, first appeared at John's hospital bedside and is a faithful companion to this day. In order to keep intruders and vandals out of his cemetery, John made a mask and a costume to help scare trespassers away. Thus, the skeleton man was born. John is deeply in love with Taro and is very serious about their relationship without being too smothering. Next character, which we just mentioned, is Scripchek. Brandy was an exotic dancer and lead singer of an amateur rock band. She is angry and moody. She feels as if she was cheated out of a life. She hated to be called Brandy, and now because it's what reminds her of what she once was, alive. Now she wants to be called Cryptchick because that is what she is now, dead. Doomed to walk the earth as a spirit. Secretly, she blames John for the car accident. 
even though she knows it was not his fault. The car accident was a late one night returning home from a gig. John swerved to avoid hitting a deer that jumped in the path of his car. John lost control of the vehicle and it went in through a guardrail and down an embankment, striking several trees. Uh, the next character to go over is Bukat, which is the other lover that Tarot has. Bukat represents unhibited, unhibited sexuality and fun. When it comes to sex, the more the merrier, and if it's on a roller coaster, even better. She also represents innocence and acts a bit naive. Not because she isn't intelligent, but because her carefree attitude may go get in the way of good common sense. Bukat is a human who was born into a family of shapeshifters, werecats, just like werewolves, but cats. Boo has many lovers, both male and female, but two come to the foreground as her favorite play toys. One is Taro, and the other is a female vampire named Licorice Dust. Boo, like a cat, is a bit mischievous. Her playfulness sometimes causes her and her friends to get in trouble. Boo's day job is working at a small exotic lingerie boutique. Licorice Dust is the next character to go over. Uh, sometimes called Licky D. Uh, Licorice Dust is a young 18-year-old vampire. She trusts no one except herself and Moo Cat. She doesn't trust men. The last one she did turned her into a vampire. She has a hard edge, impulsive, and she acts on vengeance. Licorice has a very jealous spirit and would prefer to have Boo Cat all to herself. She can be selfish and bratty. She has a sweet tooth for candy because it reminds her of when she was human. It then goes on to say there are many more characters that populate Tara's universe that are not mentioned here. Like dragon witches, goblin queens, and warrior mermaids. In conclusion, although Tara Witch of the Black Rose has a number of fantasy elements. Fairies, werecats, ghosts, and focuses on being a witch. It also deals with everyday issues especially women's issues. All of Tara's stories are exciting and filled with adventure, but there's always a mo mortal woven in oh, excuse me, there's always a moral woven into the plotline as well as the posi a positive message about the craft. The main message that Tara seeks to teach is tolerance and acceptance. And that is Tara Witch of the Black Rose a guide to the comics. Um if you were part of the Kickstarter. Uh, you may have gotten this. I don't know if they sell this on the website. I kind of wish they would. I would love to see this pamphlet. Because I think it's a really good pamphlet. That gives a good introduction to the world of tarot. Who the characters are. And what the stories are about. Um, it, it's just fun to read. And, and I mean if you're a tarot fan. You like know all this stuff. But it's fun to, in a way to sort of hear it directly from the author's mouth, about really what he wants Tarot to be. Um, so, I hope you enjoy this look down memory lane. If you've never heard of Tarot before, and this is sort of your first introduction, I hope this inspires you to at least, again, if it's you feel that you can handle it, and if you're mature enough to give Tarot a try. And, overall... I just hope that you'll join me for, as I post old episodes, and then eventually 
I start posting new episodes of the Hexcast, the only podcast reviewing every episode, or excuse me, every issue of Jim Balance's Tarot, Witch of the Black Rose. So that is it for this episode. I thank you for joining me for a short time. And until next time, my witches and warlocks, stay hexy.